Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Mike Boris and this is Straight Talk. I didn't know the effect the road trains would have on me. I didn't know the effect the wind would have. And then the road kill. But I was like, I was confident and adamant I'd get taken out in a body bag before I quit. Ned Brockman. Ned Brockman. Running from Cottesloe Beach to fucking Bondi. Reached his goal of raising a million dollars to combat homelessness. I've got PTSD. I wake up, if I set an alarm, I wake up and panic. I had knee pain that was pretty fucked up when I was talking to you. I didn't want to tell anyone. Do you think you have to get physically prepared or you reckon you're physically I'm there now. If you said tomorrow, go and do it, I'd be able to do it. I was saying my Ks were up, but they weren't. I was a little bit worried. By day 10, I was in so much pain, I couldn't even hop in the ice at everyone. I was like, and I told Gemma, my girlfriend, to fuck off. She just goes, I'm I'm leaving, this is fucked. Mum hops out of the van and she just, don't you ever fucking speak to your girlfriend like that again and don't ever speak to us like that. Like, I got messages from Adesanya, Jimmy Barnes, like, my, you know, all these people who I'm, like, I've always looked up to. Out there, day eight, 800 Ks in your legs. The messages I get from people saying, you got me up in the morning. Uh, I've never run before. I just ran 5K. I'm like, fuck, I am doing something good here. You get 2 million followers on Instagram or you get an accolade here or accolade there. That shit does not matter to me. It's that I have enough pull to go and inspire that person. Welcome back to Straight Talk, mate. Mate, I'm fucking excited to be here, back again. How you going, dude? I'm good. I'm um, feeling it, but I'm. Yeah. Uh, it's good to be here sitting down, not running. Look at you. you still got the mullet. Yeah, it's great. Actually, it's, it's, well, no, it's better. It's been redone. Better. Yeah, you've, yeah. You've, you've, you've had it shaped. About three three days after the run, I got it re-bleached. So that was good. <laughs> yeah, because, but I like the other, the, the two-tone. I a bit like shorter. The two, yeah, 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 it's, it's shorter good. here. It's it's a full mullet now. Yeah. It's like... Uh, Rocking it, mate. It looks look, looking good. Yeah. Looking good. How you feeling? Mate, I'm, um, I've felt better, but I'm just glad to be here. You know, I've, I've like been through it. I've put my body through it, put my mind through it all. So, um, yeah, it's, um, you know, when you go to those levels, you kind of, you're going to have a low as well, but I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the mend for sure. So you're only, you're 23, aren't you? 23. Yeah, 23. Okay. So we'll talk about, we'll talk about the future, et cetera, in a second. I mean, I'm really curious about that, but I, I guess I just want to cover off now because it was two months ago. Around, yep. Yeah. I've finished about two close months. Close enough. Yeah. So. You've never done something like this before. You're doing effectively two marathons a day for 40 odd days, yep. 44 days, whatever it was. Yeah, 46 and a half. Yeah. 40 days and 49. It sounded like something biblical. Yeah. The achievement was certainly <laughs> biblical. Um, Did you get right, down there at the end? Yeah, yeah. Got to Mondo. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I was about a million other people down there yeah, too. Yeah. So just kick off. What did you achieve? So let's just go back because there's been so much hype about it. Yep. I think people have forgotten about what you did. So you went to Perth, Perth to Bondi. Mm-hmm. So how many days? 46 days. 46 and a half, yeah. 40, so the plan was 40 um, uh, through a few injuries on the way, a few days where I couldn't because of wind and, you know, what's your name. But I got two and a half marathons done a day, four, just shy of 4,000 kilometers in the 46 and a half days. Right. So what was the very first feeling when, you just, when someone said, go? It was joy because there's there probably about 40 people down on the beach and I'd in the back of my head for two or so years I had – the idea of what I was doing, you know, in there every morning, every night. And so when I finally got there the day of, it's like I woke at 4am and went, right, this is it. This is it. Who knows what you're about to go into, but you're bloody ready. And then, um, yeah, we, it was like, you're off, mate. You can go. And I'm like, right, let's do it. It was was 13 minutes to five at 4.47. I bloody headed off and I was like, I'm in for it here. I haven't run 100K since uh, 2020 of November, uh, November of 2020. And then, um, yeah, I was just, to be honest, just starting to move was just, 
beautiful because I was like, then I'm in it. There's no, oh, no, what if, what if. You know, it's like we're in it and this is, you can't change it. We're going now. And then, so, and what, and what weight were you when you kicked off? It's about 81 kilos. A, a, 81 kilos. Strong. I was very so strong. 81 kilos, you know, muscled up in the right places yep. in, where you need to be muscled up for a run. Um, fully fueled that morning. Absolutely. Feeling, you know, feeling all good. your mitochondria and everything's yeah. all revving to go. You've got plenty firing. of energy. You're 23. You're sweet as a nut. And yep. off, off you go. You do your first day. Yep. Um, what time did you finish that day? Uh, it was the earliest I'd finished of all the days. I uh, finished about 5.30. Uh, out of East, East Perth, the hills out of there are absolutely wild. I think I cleared 1,300 metres elevation on the first 100K. Wow. Which was quite a bit and it's quite a shock, but I was like, right, that should be the hills. Um, turns out Australia has quite a lot of hills. <laughs> I thought it was just flat as fuck, but so do I. Western, yeah, yeah. yeah I, but I do know it does because I've flown in there plenty of times, and I, I know when you come in, you see quite a lot of yeah. mountains and flat. Even positions. like nine days in, I was doing rolling hills with seven hundred meters elevation on some of those days, which Shit. is quite a lot when you expect it to be flat. So, so what happens at the end of day one, though? So day one finishes um, five thirty, whatever. Um, Someone makes you meal, like, where do you get your meals from? What yeah, we had, um, well, I just had, we had to, this was the funny thing. We just weren't prepared at all. So we've, we, we kind of had an idea. We had, you know, stacked up all this food. Like I was doing bacon egg rolls throughout the day and pastas and all this stuff. But Australia's quite vast and the access to food is limited once you get three days out. So after that first day, got the ice bath run. We had to work out our system. So straight away I wanted, I was having a chocolate milk straight away. And then I'd be into the ice bath if we had access to ice that first day we did, which was great. And then we'd, we bought this inflatable ice bath. I'd hop in that. I'd try and get my core temp down. Um, but turns out I was just sweating every night because my, um, like my adrenal system was just on overdrive all day. So I was working, you know, running from anywhere from 12 hours to 17 hours a day. So when you try and go to bed, you can't. Your heart rate's up. Everything's up. You've got all this, you know, adrenaline trying to get, you know, you've got to run another 100K the next day. So... I was just sweating all night. So the hardest thing was when we couldn't find ice, getting my core temp down. And so, yeah, that first day was all right. I had the ice, uh, ate. I didn't sleep well at all. And then from that day on, I just, I probably had two hours sleep a night. So, I mean, I think it makes sense to have the ice bath. So, I mean, if you can get ice, but yep. um, you had one of those inflated ones. Those, they're the ones that that dude over in New Zealand has. I can't think of it. Um, Anyway, they're pretty good. They're just like a tub. Yeah, yeah. You just, you jump just blow it up. Yeah, and, and you, you put, put your ice in inside. Your yeah, because you put water and ice and, water and, and, ice. and you put a, you know, whatever, a couple of kilos of ice in there. But where did you know, who t- who was saying to you, hey, Ned, you've got to do an ice bath or is that just something you knew instinctively or do you have some sort of advice? I kind of had done ice baths when I did the 50 marathons in 50 days and I, just for core, it wasn't for any inflammation reason because I don't think you can de-inflame yourself that much in that period of time. Like you're just going to be so inflamed. It doesn't matter. It was more to get my core temp because I was just so hot and just going, going, going. Um, but yeah, that was all off my own feel. It wasn't really anyone telling me or not to. It was just like, this works for me if we can get ice. And by by day 10, I was in so much pain. I couldn't even hop in the ice because I was torturing myself for 14 hours a day. And I'm like, I don't want to get in the ice. I might put my feet in the ice because that was the most painful. Or I was trying to wrap my knees with ice, but you know, when you're torturing yourself for 14 hours of your 24-hour day, you're trying to minimise the amount of torture after that. So in, t- in terms of fuel, like um, your body fuel, food, how often do you have to eat then? It was 500 cal every hour, um, but I didn't get that in. I was trying to. Um, a lot of the times I'd vomit it back up because of the dust out there, the, um, you know, full stomach when you're trying to run isn't fun. Uh and there was just, yeah, it was a culmination of things that just didn't allow that. And then like heavy food and access to food that we needed, it was like we just got what we could. And so I just had to make do. And so, I, yeah, my my meals weren't probably the healthiest or, you know, um, I had schnitzels every night, every time I could because that's all I craved. You don't really care about trying to get the right stuff in when you're out on the in the Nullarbor Roadhouse. They just don't have access to that sort of food. So it was, um, I was eating a lot. I was, try, I was probably having eight to 9,000 calories a day, but I was burning Ten to eleven thousand. Wow. Yeah. So before you do this, did you do um like a, a body fat composition test and all those sorts of things like a metabolic rate test, etc. I mean, did you know what your metabolic rate would be, for example, at rest, and then you knew well, should at a minimum, I've got to have say nineteen hundred calories just for my heart to beat. And now if I'm – and then make some assumptions that like if I'm running for 12 hours. Yeah, it's going to be X amount. I need to consume 10,000 calories. I didn't I didn't have – I didn't do the actual, you know, because I just knew I just have to eat and then eat again. There was never like that calculation because, you know, I would be – it would hurt yourself because you're going, oh, no, I'm not eating a 1,000. I need to have another 1,000. It's like 
you just you can't worry about that stuff. I knew I knew like all my resting heart rate and all this sort of stuff, but to do with food, it was like calories in is more beneficial than worrying about X amount of numbers. You know what I mean? And did you do calories by by by, by protein or by calories just by fucking calories, just carbs? Fats, carbs, protein when I could. Yeah. Um, but it was just like whatever worked because some days I would, you know. Uh, I had banana bread for four days, right? The first four days. And I just couldn't eat it after that. I just got so sick of it. Yeah. And I was like, I cannot eat another piece of banana bread. And then it'd be bacon egg rolls. They all worked. I, I never got sick of them. And then it would just be like, okay, the rice and this stuff doesn't work. So we've got to get that out and get another alternative. So because when you're eating so much, you know, day in, day out, you're eating two and a half, 3,000 calories. When you got to times that by three or four, that fucks with your head. Yeah, and you're totally. like, oh no, I'm going to... F-. And uh, I, a lot of the days I could get through it because I've trained myself to run on not so much food, right? And you can eat after. But when you're feeling like that at uh, seven o'clock that night and everyone's like, you got to get food in now or you're going to keep falling away. And I ended up losing 11 kilos, which was, I didn't know that 11 much kilos? Lose. Yeah. So you must have been like- uh, It was about yeah. 70 kilos when I finished. That's crazy. So- I, was, I was pretty gaunt. There's photos like I did a bit of comparison from day one to when I was about Renmark, which is just um, almost New South Wales. Yep. And I, yeah, I was, I was skinny. I lost all like muscle in my legs, my upper body. I stopped using it. So it just atrophies, if that's a word. <laughs> um, atrophy, yeah. Yeah, atrophy. And, and yeah, I just, I was fading. But I think I, I plateaued at about 70 kilos. I couldn't get any less. So I was still eating and my, I got more efficient. So I was about that eight to 9,000 calories burn, eight to 9,000 calories eaten. Well, at what point do you think was your lowest point? Can you sort of remember where you were? There was a few. There was a few days. Um, the first one was probably the injured injury on my shin on day eleven. Um, that was pretty wild. But I knew I just had to find a way. It wasn't super low. It was just like, oh, this is going to make this run so much harder. Um, we dealt with that. There was uh, tenosynovitis in my shin, which is basically a six six week injury. You got to immobilize it, put it in a boot. We got injections, and I said, well, we're going to find a way to get this done because I need to get this run done. Painkillers. Yeah, it was a, it's a, yeah, just a steroidal anti, um, yeah, yeah anti-inflammatory yeah, injection, yeah, yeah. and then around usually that sheath around your tendon can get, um, like, uh, what's it called when you're infected, and that can like become serious. So we got very lucky that it didn't become infected inside. We got a dictus band which basically ties around your ankle, goes in between your shoelaces, and it allows your foot to lift up and down because I had no control over my foot because the amount of swelling, and I was in that much pain, like it was pretty severe. And then the next day we drove 14 hours back and started running again, got 700K out that week. So stuck to the 100K a day. So that was pretty low, but I was glad I got through that and I could continue to keep running. I um, There was a day out, it was probably just before Mildura. And like the hardest part for me was probably every morning because I'd wake up and go, oh, fuck me, I've got to run another 100K. Like <laughs> whether whether I got 100K out that day or not, it was still like you're, you're going to get put every bit of energy you can into getting 100K done. So I'd hop in this car and we'd, we'd like my girlfriend or my physio photographer, he'd key drive me out to the spot we marked the night before. And it would just be, I'd be dreading it. The first 10 days, I didn't put any music on in the car. I didn't do anything. But from then on, I'd just blast ACDC or blast like something just to get me get me up and, out and get going. I'd get to the mark and one morning I've hopped out. I didn't notice what the who was driving, what they were doing. And I've hopped out of the car. And for the first time, I had a tailwind. I had 35 days or so of headwinds and I've had a tailwind. I went, oh, you fucking beauty. And I started, yeah. Totally. And um, because that affects you as well. When you're 70 kilos, road trains, you, everything else sucks. If you can get a tailwind, mate, it's like, it's gold. And then everyone was quiet. And I said, what's like, oh, fuck, what's everyone doing? They go, you're running that way. And I had to turn around <laughs> and run in the headwind. And that was a fucking low morning. I, I, I just remember crying for about an hour because I was like, you fuck with it. You've got to run back this way. Didn't know, didn't know that was the way. But that was that was one of the harder, um, harder mornings, definitely. I guess the, the run took you through the Nullarbor, right? Yep. Yeah. So only recently I had to go, I had to go into inside the middle of Australia and uh, couldn't believe how fucking hot and dry it is. Mm. Was that what you were experiencing? I knew it'd be there'd be nothing. I knew I knew there'd be no trees, no like. I knew it'd be vast, no hospital, no access to healthcare, no supermarkets. I knew all that shit, but I didn't know the effect the road trains would have on me. I didn't know the effect the wind would have and then the road kill. Those three things were pretty gnarly. Yeah. The road trains, they're all 120 ton minimum when they're fully loaded. They're like 50 minutes long. Yeah. And majority knew who I was by the Nullarbor, say. Um, but some decided they'd 
want to run me off the road or they got the shits. They said, you know, and so I'd cop the wind of this 120 ton vehicle. It'd, it'd pull me in like the, the, the draft of that um, truck's wind was fucking wild. And then every time one was coming at me, I'd have to brace, hold my hat because my hat would fall off, fly 40 meters behind me. Um, yeah. And then like the wind, like I've never thought there would be so much like, you know, you'd have no cover. So one day I had to run behind mum and dad's van, probably a foot and any, t- any further than the foot behind, I would be in the wind draft. So I had to like, dad had to drive at 10K an hour in the truck, in the uh, motorhome. And I'd be like, ah, because the wind would affect his thing. So I'm like trying to get this rhythm is just impossible. And, and, and does it blow dust into you? Yeah. Fuck yeah. And I, Red dust. I actually had um, in my ears, I thought like, because I was starting to get a bit deaf when I finished the run. I'm like, what's going on? It's because I was wearing AirPods all day. But I was, there was so much dust. And I just kept jamming dust in and in. And I had this, this massive buildup, stuff like that. And like I was had all this phlegm in my throat. So I was vomiting every second hour, but just because of the dust. It's crazy. In terms of roadkill, I mean, you underplayed a little bit, but I guess there's dead kangaroos and dead wombats and dead shit, like bucking stuff everywhere. Dead camels. Dead- and what does that do to you? Yeah, for a good minute, when you see it, you smell it pretty well because of the wind. Yeah. And then it stays with you till a minute after running past it. So for every thing you see, you've probably got a, a minute and a half to two minutes of that smell. And so all day there's dead road, like trucks don't stop for kangaroos. Yeah, yeah. There's just roadkill all day. And so there's um, nauseating. It can make you feel nauseous. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't get it out. Once yeah. you're once you smell that, and then it makes you want to not want to eat. And then you have that issue with the calories in. And yeah, it's pretty wild. So like we, we, there's there's just like so it's not just running hundred K a day out there. Yeah. Like you you're not just going around Centennial having a bit of water. And then even my like crew, they had to drive five K and I'd be I wouldn't know where they were because some of these rolling hills, I'd go over the rolling hill and they and the no service, so you can't reach out to them. You just hope that they're going to be over this next hill. And it's like there's like five or six different challenges in the one big challenge, which was a head fuck every day. Yeah, well, I was going to say to you, how the hell do you sort that shit out? Like, I mean, did, did at night, you're not sleeping properly, so, no. I mean, you don't have time to clear all the shit and, and no. dream about it and stuff like that and sort of, you know, do the usual stuff the way we subconsciously resolve things. How did you do it? Did like you talk to your mum, your dad, your girlfriend? Or did you just, just say, oh, fuck it, I'm going to do it? What was the driver? How the fuck did you sort it? In terms of how the hell I kept going? I Self-preservation for me has like complete disregard for my body. I've, I've, I, when I say I'm going to do something like this, it's like no worries. So when I was, was injured, it was like, that's all good. Let's just find a way. This is always going to happen. And I've, I just – People have done this stuff and I'm like, I want to I want to do it. I want to be able to go and say I've run across the country and, you know, I'm the second fastest person to ever run across it. Um, the bloke who has is the fastest to ever run across it was has been running for 30 plus years, you know. He's been doing that stuff. So I guess the self-belief that I can do something like that just is so deep in me. Um, and, yeah, I guess like the people as well, like I said in the podcast before with you, how people saying you can't, that's also massive driver for me. And yeah, a culmination of all those things just is enough for me to keep going. Well, it sometimes happens with me, like different things, but like I'm, all, I'm always trying to pull on things to, like little levers to try and yeah. entice me to keep going on something or other, whatever, whatever it might be. What about homelessness? I mean, at what point do you sort of say, come on, Ned, this is fucking important you know, mm. to build awareness for homelessness. I mean, do you pull on that lever or is it, or is it a fuck me? I'm just so, I don't really, I'm not saying you don't care about it, but no, no, no. I, I'm just going to survive. Yeah. And this is Ned mm-hmm. doing himself over. Absolutely. It's all intrinsic. Like you can't, you can't hope for fucking fame or higher purpose. High, yeah. You out there, day eight, 800 Ks in your legs, no amount of fame, money. Uh, whatever it is, no extrinsic motivator is going to get you up that next day. I think like I use, obviously the the homelessness was a big thing and continuing to raise more and more money. The more and more I took another step was fucking incredible. But the people I was inspiring to get up, I genuinely feel there's a purpose in me to help people, whether that's in- Like a destiny in you, a, a fate. Potentially, a, a yeah. thing you have to do. Yeah. And like uh, it, it rings true because I go on the street and see someone who's homeless and I it affects me. Most people walk past and it doesn't. I, I And then the messages I get from people saying, you got me up in the morning. Uh, I've never run before. I just ran 5K. I'm like, fuck, I am doing something good totally. here. Whether, whether I, you know, you get a 2 million followers on Instagram or you get um, 
an accolade here or accolade there. That shit does not matter to me. It's that I have enough pull to go and inspire that person. That's like, that's fucking cool to me. And then in turn, seeing what I'm physically capable of, I love seeing like push your limits, you know. I've, I've never been a fucking runner. For two, three years I've run. And now I've just become the second fastest person ever across the country in like with minimal preparation. So what, what, I'm just trying to work out what is that in, inside you? Like uh, you're trying to prove something to yourself? I think it's like knowing I'm worthy of whatever I want to do. I think it's allowing myself to believe that's okay. I think a lot of people don't believe they're worthy so they don't have the confidence to go and go out and do that thing. It might not be run across the country, but like start a business or become this or whatever. If you don't believe you're worthy of that, you won't be able to go out and do that. You've got to accept that that's okay. Like I'm like, fuck yeah, I can go be the, I can go be that bloke who people rely on to be the inspiration or whatever. But if I didn't allow that for me, like if I didn't allow myself to be that person, I wouldn't be able to do it. But because I am worthy of it, it's okay. Like that's self-belief, self-confidence, you know. But does that come from your parents? I mean, you believe you're worthy of it. So where does that come from? Like have you always been that dude or is you, you just – I don't know. I think it's developed. I think I definitely – like my parents have allowed me to think like that and be like that and and resilience and, you know, all those things. But, no, I think it's like you've got to be able to – find that for yourself. I think that comes through, through hardship as well. And knowing that that's, that's okay. Yeah. I got a good mate who's a, a dietitian, but like a, you know, probably university, you know, highly recognized individual when it comes to diets for sportsmen, sports people. Mm-hmm. He's a, a UFC. Is this a sports dietitian? Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. His name's the fight. The fight doctors. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah fight dietitian. Yeah. That's right. So it's uh, George. He's out of Sanya and all that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He looks like Vulcan and all that. But yeah. He's a mate of mine. Okay. Okay. Jordan Sullivan. And I've been talking to him. And he's I was great. T- and I was talking to him during this while she's running. And I yeah. Said, mate, fucking Brockman. He's going to be fucked. And he said, Mark, you know, he knows what excessive training and diet, how they interact. Because mm-hmm. that's his game. He's a scientist. Yep. And he said, Ned's going to be pissing blood for sure at some stage. His liver is going to be causing him a problem. His kidneys are definitely will be causing a problem by the end of it. Can you give me a bit of an insight as to what's going on? What happened? I did you, <clears throat> did you piss blood? No, I didn't. I I was worried about the sweating, so I, it wasn't just like sweat at night. It was like I'd wake up in pools of water. So I think my liver was in on overdrive for a long period of time. So you said the, the potential liver <clears throat> damage. Yeah, I don't think I've damaged. I don't think there's anything long term. I think the severity of this was pretty bad. I had knee pain that was pretty fucked up when I was talking to you yeah. the first time. Yeah. I didn't want to tell anyone. I was saying my Ks were up, but they weren't. I was a little bit worried, but I was like, I was confident and adamant I'd get taken out in a body bag before I quit, which then puts pressure on the body when you don't quit, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, there's, there's going to be. But I think because I adapted and my body allowed me to go, oh, fuck, he's going to keep going. I think it adapted in a way that, you know, X, Y, Z amount of food, whatever it is, I was obviously, it was obviously working for me. I wasn't anything that didn't work. I wouldn't, we'd, we'd cull it straight away. Um, I think in terms of like a mental, um, it, I've got PTSD from it. From it, yeah. Yep. As I wake up, if I set an alarm, I wake up and panic because I think I'm waking up to run. Yeah, what are you, sub, uh, unconsciously, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wake up and go, oh, no. Oh, fuck, I must. If I've set an alarm, that means it's 3.30 and I've got to run another 100K today. I've got that in the back of my head. I still have dreams of like road trains, trying to dodge them. I'm spitting at walls in my dream because I was spitting so much on the run. I think in terms of that, I had to go to a pretty wild place in my head where it's just this soul-like thing. There's nothing else. There's no other distractions. It was just this. So when you're so in on something you forget about what else is going on. And so when you come back to real life, whatever that is, it's like this, oh, fuck. I've, you know what I mean? It's kind of like going to war, I reckon. Yeah, I was going to say, is, is it like a form of torture? Absolutely. It was enforced torture, like intentional torture, yeah, which is a wild some. fucking thing that you can go to that place and continue to keep going to that place. Like when I got injured on day 10, I could have just went, oh, great, I've run 1,000K. Yeah, that'll do no one's, no one's going to, I've raised 200 grand. That'll do. That's fine. No one, I've done way more than most people. You know, that's fucking cool. But like for me, that I get goosebumps. It's like that showing up when no one fucking believes you could have showed up again and then running for another 30 odd days. 
Do you think you've reached a point in our return though? Like you thought, well, fuck this, I've got to this point. I can't stop now, I've got to keep going. Is there a point before which you say, this is not too bad if I stop here? Did you ever, I mean, do you have a wrestle with yourself? You're like, yeah, sort of. Oh, I wrestled every single minute of yeah. the day. Most mornings. Like, Most mornings. They were the, they when were the you first hardest. got up. Yeah. The, the feeling when I finished those, the day, fuck, that was great. Because, and then that was enough go, okay, if you get another 100K done, oh my God, you got 11 done. You've got 100, you got, you got another 20 done, right? That's fucking, that's, that's winning up in the head. Like, I was using that a lot. I was like, okay, got to that end of the day and I'm like, fuck, I've just run another 100K. Like, people train their whole life to run one run, 100 kilometer run. Totally. And so, you know, I backed up 11 across one of the harshest countries on earth. Like, it was fucking pretty cool. Like, I was I was fired up most nights. And were you watching were you watching your socials though? Like much? Was it I mean, did you get inspiration from others? I it, it helped. It, it wasn't like a fuck yeah, this is great. It didn't I'm, motivate you so to speak. Nah, no, no, no. Because you're but, too fucked up. Yeah. And like nothing like, I don't give a shit. And like I I met like I got messages from Adesanya and yeah. I got um, you know, Jimmy Barnes, like my you know, all these people who I'm yeah. like I've always looked up to. If it wasn't throughout the rum that I got the message, I would have gone, oh, out of this, you know, oh my gosh, this is fucking amazing. My idols have messaged me. I'm, they're following me. But I went, oh, this is cool, great. Go on with the next thing. Yeah, because yeah. You're, you're just so in this thing. It doesn't matter. And so, yeah, like getting messages from Izzy, yeah. I was like, holy shit, like that's my fucking dude, you know, yeah, like this yeah. is this is amazing. And then like he's messaged me, he's donated 10 grand, he's um, all these things. I'm like, wow, like I'm clearly doing something right. So of course they're following, of course they want to be a part of this because I'm doing something that's worthy of that. But yeah, it definitely helped that sort of stuff. It helps. It, it helped know that I was doing the right thing. Yeah, but it, it probably doesn't help you get up in the morning though. Absolutely not. It just it just kept nailing in the coffin that I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. So it, it reinforced what you're doing is right, but it didn't actually sort of say, "But hey, Ned." Oh, cool. You'll be able to keep room. going. Yeah, yeah. Is he's just messaging? No. Absolutely. But what does keep? So I'm still trying to work it out, mate. Like. It, is it just that constant drive? I've got to fucking do this, and I'm not going to let it beat me. It is absolutely at its core my desire to push myself to the absolute limit, and I don't know why that is so prominent now. I don't know why, but I think it's because when you go through hardship and adversity and overcome it, you fucking feel like the most powerful fucking person on earth. It's a drug. It is such a drug. There's no like when I hit Bondi, I. There is no feeling like that. I don't. I don't know if, whether I could ever replicate that because it's like that. If if anyone could go through what I did and run in Bondi, they'd do it forty times over. They'd go you, run across the country again. Do you think it's you'll do something like that again? I won't run. I'll the the across Australia. Yeah, I want to get that record in like twenty years. I reckon when I'm loaded and I've got the the you know the use in the bones and tendons. I think um, I'll every two to three years I'll do something. Because I can talk the talk and go on the speaking circuit, go on this, do that. But that's, it's only talking. Like when you are so innately desire, like have that innate desire to go, I'm fucking, I want to feel alive. And that's by going to the end of the earth. It's like, you got to walk the walk. It seems to me like it's a drug for you. That's 100%. Yeah. And this is your drug. But I, the, the thing is, it's like, I think people are so, Want me want to tap into it so much because so little people do these extreme things, like extreme, extreme, past the point of like, oh my god, run an ultra. It's like there's no, as I said, there's complete disregard for the body. There's no self preservation. It's like I don't care what happens to me, which is a fucked up. Do you really don't care? No, I honestly don't well, care. Like, like whilst you're doing it, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like. I get that there's going to be potential long term damage. But I would much prefer to live a life and knowing what I know, having done it and do these things that I w- if I in 20 years' time didn't, went, oh, fuck, I wish I did that. Um, there's there's good surgeons out there. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. and by the way, you're young enough to, for it to get it sorted and by the time you're 50, you know, there'll be a whole, a whole series of technologies to be able to fix. Yeah, for sure. But like, but like people like um, – Goggins, for example, he talks about how much he learns about himself in in a short period. Like, uh, in other words, I live a, a longer, I live a much fuller life. Yeah, absolutely. By doing something like this, and that's exactly it. Yeah. So, but th- th- um, did you know that before you started? Uh, well, kind of through the fifty marathons, like I, I had that feeling. I had that like delayed achievement. So you know, you had to run and run and run, and then you 
finished. It wasn't like a quick run done. It was like, oh my God, I've had to go through adversity, through this fucked up hardship. Like I knew that I, this would come from this. So hence why I did it and hence why I will keep doing until I can't. Are you going to keep running though or are you going to start climbing mountains? And- nah, for the for the foreseeable future, it will be running. So, yeah, in end of 2024, I'd say I'll have another thing ready to go. So, okay, so you, but I just want to quickly look at you did something great for homelessness and yep. you certainly raised awareness. Um, any politicians give you a call and say, hey, Nick, we're going to do something about this in New South Wales, for example? Did Dominic Perrottet call you, the Premier? Yeah, he, we're actually linking up to have a chat face-to-face, which will be, which will be great. He donated 50000 from the um, New South Wales government, which was great. Um, Mobilise are fucking awesome. They're going to do some incredible stuff. We raised $2.5 million, which yep. was mind-blowing. Um, Albo saw it, had a chat with Albo at the GQ Man of the Year, which was nice. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we've now put them on the map and we've allowed Mobilise to be able to do the stuff they always wanted to do, Yeah, um, which is fucking – hopefully minimise homelessness in Australia. Like at, at its core, that's, that's what we need to do. Obviously there's been no change yet because you've only sort of just done it. But yeah. you raised a couple of million bucks. Um, what, what what happens with that, the, the two and a half million? Because I know you did a show with um, – uh, who did you do the show with? Hey, I, 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 go, I think I put 10 grand yeah, into it. Like, yeah, oh, I got thank a call. you. Hello. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Can well, you do it? Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but you raised two and a half million all up. Yep. So you Total. raised one point eight million on the walk on the on run the final when I hit um Bondi. when I hit Bondi one point yeah. seven and then you raised the rest to two and a half million doing the, doing this um like show yeah what happens to the two and a half million where's it go so mobilize uh, all volunteers yep. they've been able to put someone on yep. to go full time and work out where it's all happen absolutely yep. um, but there's not like you know not a mill of that doesn't go into bullshit it goes to one bloke who earns probably fuck all yeah, yeah. just to help. Um, they are going to do a – because the thing is with homelessness, you you feel that you uh, – like when you go to someone who's homeless on the street, you go, I'll give you food, give you water, I'll give you whatever. There's no money involved because you have an idea of what where that's going to go. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has needs. Everyone has wants. If you need – like they need needs fulfilled, right? Um, it's going to be – they go out in the street like they always have. That's their thing. They go and talk and start conversation. You go to say, for example, you're homeless. I go up to you and you go, hey, you going? We start a conversation. And then it's like, uh, I've wanted to buy a car, for example. And it's like, okay, we'll be able to give you half the money if you can find half the money yourself and if you can get this together. So they're actually giving back in money. Right. It's not like here, because so many people on the street have four sleeping bags, five pillows, all yeah. the hoodies they ever need, because yeah. all these people go around with hoodies and, you know, oh, can we help? They go, I don't need a fucking pillow, mate. Yeah. I've got five here. Like, yeah. I need to be able to support, to maybe, stay somewhere for a week. Like and sh- I need a shower. Yeah. So they're going to come back with money and go, look, I want to help you. How can we work out an idea to make sure this goes to the right thing? It might be medical needs, might be healthcare. Like, yeah. So they're actually coming back with the money do, raised. Do you get involved in that? Do you, you sort of say, well, what's the program? You know, what have you done with the money? I nearly killed myself trying to raise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean- I, I'm not too, I knew from the start that they would be great. So Noah, he's my age. Uh, the same likable dude who just wants to wants to help. And that was what I did when I first was taken back by homelessness. That's what he was doing. He was like, why are there so many homeless people here? Went out with a bag of um, food from Baker's Delight, started going, do you want some food? You guys right? And then started talking. Same thing I started doing. So I was like, I like what you do. What, what's your charity? And we talked and he said, we do this. We start a conversation. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
can we help via this? And then he just goes, actually, we've got this idea, Ned, because there's so much money. We're not going to set up a big this and put heaps of people under paying them and whatnot. It's going to be help on the street, what our core was from the start. And it's now going to be able to be funded. And, and it, uh, I guess an advance and sort of stuff to get around to people. I mean, like you need to buy someone. Needs Absolutely, to buy vans. you got to buy vans. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah. be able to, yeah, of course. There's going to be costs in that for yeah, sure, yeah. no doubt. It's not like there's going to be two and a half million. They're going to give cash out in the street. That's no, not. No, that's don't. not what's going to happen. It's it's going to be uh, watched, and they're going to be like these people are going to be nurtured and helped throughout whatever it is. And you know, the earlier you can intervene with someone being homeless, like. After the first time, if you can get them then, that's great. If they're homeless four, five, six times, it's going to be a continuous cycle. But if you can intervene when it happens initially and help and get them back on their feet, then we, you might be in luck. Have you ever been homeless? I haven't. But it, as I said, it is, has such a profound effect on me Why? when I walk. I don't know. I, I feel because I'm in such a privileged position. And by, by being able to have that insight that I am lucky and that I have been given these opportunities why aren't these people and so why haven't these people been given it or maybe they have and it just went the wrong way but it's like i'm just compassionate about it i don't i just it's just in me it's yeah. funny you should sit here saying that because i had danny abdullah sitting here one day and um i don't know if you know danny but danny's yeah. a guy's kids unfortunately kids, got yeah. killed in that road accident and um and i said and he runs the i forgive campaign and mm. uh and and i said well, why do you do that? Like, why? How, how the fuck could you forgive that guy? I would have killed him. And uh, he said, "I could do it for myself." He said, "If I if I don't do it, I I don't get the benefit of it. I do it because I benefit from forgiveness, giving." Yeah. And I forgive him and all those people who do this sort of stuff. And I run campaigns about forgiving or forgiveness. I get a benefit out of it. A big benefit is your um, recognition of homelessness and the plight of a person who's homeless. Is that about making you feel better yourself about yourself? In other words, being more having more gratitude about your own situation, um, and because sometimes helping others is about making yourself feel better. And I don't mean that in a bad way. No, no, no. I, I do it fine. myself. Yeah, yeah. Because I have a story about that myself. But because I, I was only thinking about this story when you were telling me just now about it. You, I, you can't. If anyone, if you watch anyone go up to a homeless person on the street or anyone in need. And give and help and I think give is the main word here. When you give, you feel better, whether that's a, a, a Christmas present or it's a like giving enables you to feel good. It just does. And so you, you can't tell me someone going up and helping someone on the street walk away. You can't tell me they don't have a smile on their face. It's like it's not for me. It's just knowing what you have done to potentially help that person in that day. I don't – I'm not – I didn't raise $2.5 million or the hope to raise a million dollars so I look good. I, I couldn't. That's not not what this not, is about. Not, not so much from the outside though, but but within yourself, I've fucking done this and oh, I'm fucking proud. Yeah. Oh, with I'm so proud and like I'm. It's a pinch myself thing as well, being able to go, holy fuck, how many people go and raise, go to raise money for whatever and potentially raise ten grand or yeah, twenty grand. Right. That's amazing. Like that's still going to help. But how many people have been able to raise over two million dollars for something that they're dead set care about like it's fucking niche like the amount of people who've been able to do that and do you, i do you think something comes back because I, I tell you many many years ago 2004 i was trying to do this deal i'm not a religious particularly religious person but i was trying to do this deal biggest thing you know it was pretty big for me at the time and um i used to just go and sort of meditate in the in the church the cathedral st mary's cathedral hmm. once or twice a week early like that, there was a mass on about 7 a.m., 6.40, something like that. And every time I came out, there was a dude out, the homeless guy, sitting there. And I'd give him 10 bucks, 20 bucks every time. I did it for about six months. And this deal I was trying to do, I was getting fucked completely mm. hard, like by big organisations, like getting yeah. fucked hard, like ruined. <laughs> and I'm thinking, fuck, this is never going to happen. There's so much relying on it. So many people rely on me to do the deal, et cetera, et cetera. And then one day I came out, I went to this, into the church. As I said, every day was there. And I mm. came out and he wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And I had this massive dread yeah. in myself that, fuck, is my deal fucked? And I don't know why. It was like, I feel like, is this a sign? Out of body, I, yeah. I, I just went, fuck. And I, I, 
I didn't see him for about a week. I came back, but I kept going and I came mm. back and he was there again. And on this particular occasion, I gave him much more than I gave. I sort of tried to catch up with the money. And I, yeah. Again, whatever was in my pocket. In those days, everyone had cash in their pocket. Mm. <laughs> and the deal got done that afternoon. And I thought, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's nearly a religious event. Yeah. Sometimes when you do things for other people. 100%. Which uh, they can't do for themselves. It's not just, for me, it wasn't just giving the dude. But it was like representation of something. Do you get that feeling from what you've done? Do yeah, get- absolutely. For sure, mate. Like I, I have a similar scenario. Every time I drive uh, Anzac Parade or just uh, Allison Road yep. I, on the Ramble. turn at, and there's a corner there at uh, Moore Park, golf, there's the ES Marks Athletic, you know, yep. the big intersection. Yep. There's this guy named Denny. He's the oh, He's got one arm and he's, he goes, don't worry, I'm armless on his shirt. <laughs> and I pull up every time. I give him 5 or $10 every time, every time. And he goes, Nettie, how are you, mate? And I go, how are you? And I remember way back in the piece prior to the run, homeless. I, and I've come after the run. He didn't know what I was doing on the run. I'm going to cry. Um, and he, I pull up. I go, Danny, he goes, mate, thank you for doing what you did. And I go, how'd you see? And he goes, oh, I've got a home now. I'm not a home, but I rent now. And I'm going, no, you don't. He goes, yeah, fucking oath I do. And he goes, keep doing the good, keep doing what you're doing. And I'm like. Oh fuck! And I drove. I just bore my eyes out crying. I'm going, you know, I, it's not me necessarily, but him showing up each day, it has that profound effect on you when you keep knowing, like you see that person. You keep and even going down here, you you see locals if you're around here for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. You go, oh, there's Jesse. There's him. And if you do connect, and it does have an effect on you, you're gonna exactly like you've had that scenario. I I feel like this Daniel bloke. And every time, even if I don't have cash or I'm driving past the other way, I'm like. Honking, he recognised my ute and he's waving out the window, just so happy, smiling. And for me, I'm like, fuck, I have had an effect on this bloke's life for sure. It's nearly – so I – because I – when I was watching what you're doing, when I was following on Instagram and yep. sending messages and stuff like that, for me, a lot of people say said to me, oh, was, he was really inspirational. But, yeah, I, I get all that. But I actually saw something bigger out of it. I, I, found, I found like a religious event for you, uh, to me, mm. for me my, from my point of view. It was like a religious event, mm. not just Mark – Think about homelessness, um, and not just my, you know, pay, give him Ned some money for what he's trying to raise. It wasn't just about that, and not just I should send a message, you know, come mate, get, but it was a religious event for me to remember about gratitude, the importance of mate. I'm not in that fucking position where I'm one of the people he's trying to raise money for. Mm. And by the way, I could, it could happen to me any time. I mm-hmm. could be. Who knows? Who knows what the fuck happens in your life? Yeah. And as you know, a lot of homeless people, it's not about that they can't earn a living. It's because they don't have mental capacity. Absolutely. There's mental problems. For and sure. someone could get, you know, you could just go off the fucking rails, mm-hmm. lose it. And that but that also, could be an effect from something that you had no control over. Correct. And then all of a sudden you're, you got nothing. You got, and you're fucked up. You got no one to rely on. You could get dementia or and you could just wander off. Yeah. Who knows? And that was an important thing for me. That's what I got out of it. Uh, and I don't. I'm not talking religion. I'm not trying to be. You know, yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's a moment that something else yeah, beyond, yeah. but a proper religious event, like a proper spiritual moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to me that that's what I was getting. I was getting that from you. Yeah, thank you. And that that was a big deal for me. Like, and uh, and then when people donate money, people like me donate money. Um, I am donating for homelessness, but I try. I do that sort of stuff all the time. I could have easily mm. said, no. Nah, I'm not going to give Ned any money because, like, I'm going to give money to homelessness all the time. Mm. My budget might be full. But I thought, I'll be honest with you, I'm going to give him the 10000 towards what he did for me, mm. what Ned did for me. I gave you that money. I don't care what you do with it. I wasn't donating for homelessness. I was donating for what you did for me. Mm. And maybe Adesano did the same thing. Adesanya. Yeah. yeah. Israel. But uh, I, I think people – a lot of people have done that. It's probably why so many, like there was a few that go, oh, where's this going to? But so many just went, oh, my God, he's fucking showing up again. Yeah. He is, yeah. Oh, even that that video you did that was like you said thank you. you. It's very hard for me to say that people in their 20s can inspire me. That moved me. And that that sort of stuff was like, yeah, you are fucking doing something pretty pretty wild out here. And the record became so irrelevant when I realised how many people were getting affected by it. And, and in different ways. In absolutely different ways. It's just in every aspect of their life and of different people's lives. Um, yeah, I, I, 
and that's why I know I have purpose in doing this because of that exact fucking reason. So Ned's, you're recovering. I mean, obviously yep. you're, gonna, you're not going to be good for what? how long you reckon, a year? I think energy-wise, double the time I went, so 100 days, I think my energy will be back. So, you know, end of Jan. Uh, physically, I'll be back running probably mid-Feb. You're doing anything, any exercise? I'm doing a lot of strength. Not not heavy, but just Weights. loading tendons because tendon, uh, like all the itises in tendons need load yep. because you've been loading them for X amount of days for so long. They need load. Um, I've got some, like my hips aren't great. Um, a torn glute medium, my right hip, which is not massive, but still it's enough. It's, so I had some PRP injections the other day. They don't Have work. You, I fucking had them, man. I've had some. They do for some. I've had them in the gluteus minimus. Yeah. It didn't. It just fucked you up when you walked fuck, out. It fucking it? hurt. Oh, my God. I was like, and because my IT band's ferociously thick. He's That's the, the other side. Yeah, yeah, but it connects at the hip yeah, and the yeah. knee. Um, That's where you get, you're getting your pain in the ITB or you're getting it in the hip? I got in both knee and hip yeah, from yeah. the IT band. Yeah, right. Because um, you just, they were just so overloaded. Um, but this one, he injected it and it, the needle bent. Because he couldn't get through my team, man. Yeah, because that's oh, pretty mate, thick. I'm sorry, I've got to go again. I was like, I thought you fucking injected me. He goes, yeah, I couldn't actually get through the IT man. So he's had to thicken the gauge of the needle and go again. Um, so, yeah, I, other than that, like I'm pretty glad it was only itises, like tendonitis, all these tendinopathies. Like it was all expected. And this is what um, Jordan Sullivan said to me, the fight dietitian. He said, there are some people who genetically can do this shit. He said, maybe Ned's that sort of dude. Like he said, a normal person would be completely fucked. Mm. Like, I mean, uh, uh, in terms of organs, be completely fucked, not just ITV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stiffening up and getting thick and hard, Mm -hmm. a little bit of tendonitis, whatever. But some people would be fucked in their livers, the kidneys, Mm. dramas in the heart, breathing problems, lungs, et cetera. He said, but he said, maybe Ned's got that genetic ability. Um, Does your dad or mum have any of this sort of. uh, you know, superpower, do you think? I think they just got fucking ticker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's come from uh, – I, I don't like the gene. Potentially there is something there that I am – my heart rate never gets over 130 on a long run. Like, Is that right? Like your, my average heart rate for the whole run was 130, uh, which is a pretty cool stat. Yeah. Um, that's, it was that 168 on Bondi Beach. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah. Well, that's, that's elation. Yeah, 100%. I've, you know, my, you can imagine it. Um. Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't, again, as I said, I don't like to think it's genetic. Like I do believe this has all come from, but potentially the the fact that it's only been three years of me doing this sort of stuff that maybe there is a component of that, uh, but it's definitely that it's in the head for me. So Ned's now, you were an electrician. Mm, not anymore. Not man. anymore. That's gone. So tools are sold. So what are you, what are you going to do? What, what's 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 the income? What's the deal look like? Like how do you have money? Talks. What do yep. You Talks at the moment. Um, booked out. Booked out, mate. Can't so you have me. a power. You manager. can't fit me. Is it, so you have a talent manager. Ah, uh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, got, yeah. Yeah. Management, which is yeah. great. They, so do they awesome. come at you, or do you get? Do your uh, they actually help me out throughout for the run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, prior when I finished my fifty and fifty, they approached me and went, right. what, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I want to do this." Um, they help for in terms of like PR and getting the, the word out there yep. and being able to, you know, leverage that. Yep. Um, and they enabled sponsors to get on the run so I could make it what I needed to make it, which was I was fucking forever grateful. Uh, but yeah, now I'm in the in the driver's seat, which is amazing. Um sponsorships coming at me left, right, and center. Yeah. Uh, I've said no to most uh, well, all. Um just in a few negotiations. Clothes and apparel and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um I and like, you know, all your fucking uh, vacuum cleaner products and oh, skincare products and everyone, you know, the mullet, why wouldn't you want it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think what's been cool is that I've stuck to my guns of like, you don't need quick cash, mate. You need to solidify what you're doing and that will come. Like 2023. Yep. Have you got your calendar mapped out? Yeah, it's very full, yeah. which is good. Um, uh, I guess my job now is speaking for the moment. Yep. It's nailing a keynote that I know I can blow people out of the park with and I'm happy with that. And I'll put all my eggs and go all my energy in that basket. I'll be wanting to be the best possible of that. You know what I mean? Like now I can't do the run for the moment or run or exercise, whatever it is. It's like, okay, now I'm going to put all my energy that way. And so I'm- how do you do that? You explain it because I think it's important to understand how you're going to do that because I, mean, I know Danny Abdullah did the same thing. Yeah. So he got on the speaking circuit and um, 
And he's very good at it too. And he's got a great story to tell. So this is about having a good story to tell. Absolutely. And you've got you've Which got in the back numerous pocket. stories and sub sub stories, etc. And yeah, you know, endure, how you endure it. But how do you actually become a good speaker? Um, as opposed to having a good story. There's a big difference. Absolutely. And then that, that shows if you go out with just a good story, yeah, if okay. you can't tell it. I think it comes back to what I was saying earlier with self-confidence and self-belief. If you can't, if you don't believe what you're doing and that you have a good story or you're worthy to be up there talking to people for an X amount of money, you'll crumble up there. But when you can go up there and believe in so wholeheartedly what you've done and then like I... People kind of liked me because of my uh, likability, like my character, my, you know, I'm a mulleted dude screaming at my phone going, let's fucking go, you know. Like that's somewhat relatable to people. So if I continue to be like that up on a stage going and telling my story and trying to motivate and inspire people, as long as I can do that confidently, um, no worries. The first talk I ever did, I I got asked to speak at an Anthony Robbins event and – um. That, that's um, that's good. I don't know if you've ever spoken yeah. to one of those or been to one of those, but like there was like a thousand people at the Star City Casino, and I'd never spoken to one of these. I had no idea. I never even knew really what Anthony Robbins did. I didn't know who he was. <laughs> sort of knew who he was, but that's it. And a couple of my mates were his um, uh, bodyguards, and yeah. um, they were mates of mine through you know, growing up and stuff. And somehow they got they said, do "You want to do it?" And uh, and uh, I said, yeah, "Okay." I was doing the wizard business at the time, so I said, "Okay, sweet." Anyway, the audience was mental, right? So um, so I I. Put my speech together on these little uh, cards, yeah. You know? And uh, and I was at the back of the stage. I was fucking as nervous as shit. People were jumping up and down on the ch- they were jumping up and down the chairs. Yeah, there was yeah. music and they were clapping and they were doing Ooh. this weird shit, wild stuff. Anyway, the dude who's going to introduce me says, "Listen, the only way you can going to get these people to shut up and sit down and listen to you is when you got to go together. You got to do this weird thing with your hands and and yell out." Uh, welcome or whoa or some bloody thing. I thought, what the hell is that? Fuck me. So I got up on the stage with the cards on my hand and I did it and you wouldn't believe it, all the fucking cards went everywhere. I lost them. They went all over the fucking stage. <laughs> and uh, But I, I was able to shut the crowd up. I knew what I was going to say anyway because I'd written it and mm. it was my thing. And I, and I found it to be one of the most um, engaging and powerful things that I've ever done in my life. Like it was just mm-hmm. – I got addicted to it. It yeah. was fucking unreal. Yeah. And now I just do it. I don't even have yeah. notes now. But but it was the best thing I think I've ever done. And I was trying to give something to the audience. And and I I, I hope your experience with this, um, I got a feeling you're going to love it as much as I did. It's yeah. just well, I've already had so that. So fucking powerful. Absolutely. And like that, I don't know, you're not the first time round, you're not good at it. No. So no. that, that, you, you know, you've probably got the dog in you where you want to go, fuck, I want to be good at this. I want to be good at it, yeah. Yeah, and you see people go up and how are they so confident? How are they fucking nail this? Because they've done it and they've got this core message and they, they back themselves, you know. And I think people who don't have a good experience up there is because they fucking crumbled and they did not back themselves. They don't have that self-belief. And so when you go up there, you fucking you get hot and flustered and red and you lose your chain of thought and all of a sudden you're, You've lost it. Like it's like doing this, but there's just five thousand people in front of you. You know, totally. Yeah, you're talking to them. You got to have a conversation with them. Absolutely, exactly. And it, how are you going to ga- gauge get them in? It's yeah. like it might be, you know, if they're not talking to you, it's get a funny joke in. If they all laugh, it's like, oh right, they are listening. And then it's go from there. You know, you'll I mean? know if you got them because oh fuck yeah, you'll just know. Yeah, because without a doubt, uh, you, you, you look you, in, you clock someone who's like looking at their mate or. You know what's funny on that on that? I just you just remind me of something. My ex-wife, I just split up with my wife at the time. This is my second wife at the time. And I fucking couldn't believe it. I looked down the crowd and I saw a father. And it was the biggest fucking freak out of yeah, all time. Yeah, you're wigging out. Oh, oh, I was wigging out. Totally. <laughs> I'm going, fuck me, don't look at him, don't look at him. This is probably dirty on you, but don't yeah, look at him. Yeah. I'm saying, don't fucking look at him. And then you're like, don't say anything the wrong fucking thing now. It's the only face I could see. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the only face I could see in the whole crowd. Oh, uh, that's great. But I, 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 I'm going to come to you first. I want to come and hear you talk. Are you going to have – are you doing it for closed-in audiences? February the 1st uh, with David Goggins. Oh, Goggins. Are you going to do it with uh, – what's his name? Donati. Donati. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Ethan's show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's us three, which will be good. Yeah, yeah. Fired up. Yeah. And, and – Probably get, at they, the start before then. Yeah, if they're giving you time, they're giving you – I think it's in the morning. No, but you need a length of time to speak. Oh, yeah, half an hour. Half an hour, right. And yeah. uh, so you and Goggins are going to be – Riffing off each other, or is nah, he he'll be after. Thing? He's after. He's going to do yeah. his own thing. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, sort of some sim- similarity. In Absolutely, it. and I think it's going to be cool going before him. Like, yeah, totally. You know, if I can blast that 
room apart. Like it's going to be pretty fucking cool. Yeah, we go, oh, yeah. holy fuck, who's this bloke? Yeah, no, well, they'll know you. I don't worry about yeah. that. There's no fucking. You know. So you're going to be, you're going to get on the speaker circuit. And how do you, have you thought to yourself, well, okay. Could this last? Yeah, correct. Yeah. I mean, how do I keep myself relevant? Exactly. So, I mean, the speaker circuit helps stay relevant in a way um, by doing more, getting around. You know, you hear that Ned's a good talker or Mark's a good talker. Let's get him in here, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, oh, fuck, I don't want to burn out here because all of a sudden I'm using this energy and adrenaline every time we go out. It's like the same as going for a run, right? Yeah, but, totally. Um, for me, as I said, every two, three years is going to be another event. Maybe not be as big as the other, but it's going to be another one where people go, oh, holy fuck, he's going again. Yeah. He's doing something there. And Getting it's like, back. Yeah. And so every three years, but in the, in the intermission, it's like the speaking, it's uh, potentially developing a book, being able to be one of those, not a book that you read from A to B from start to finish. It's, a, oh, I want to read up on how Cowboy Ned does X, Y, Z on this day. Be. Yeah. Go to chapter three and it's on intrinsic motivators, whatever. Um, and, and then that, I can write me a book, spend a year writing a book, you know, like it's fucking exciting. Like there's opportunities everywhere right now for me. And it's, it would be very silly of me to just go on everyone. The beautiful thing about the speaking is it's, you don't have to tie with any brand. It's making hay while the sun shines yep. and you can afford to do other things off the back of it. Sitting right there um, about five, oh, maybe eight weeks ago was um, Bam Bam Tuavasa. Go she, man. Yep. And um, I said to him, mate, I sort of knew the answer, but why do you, why are you happy to let yourself get fucking bashed? Hmm. Sometimes you bash them, but, but no matter what, you're going to get fucking hurt and you can get badly hurt, right? Yeah, absolutely. Not just simply what you Did you see that fight? Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and, and why do you do it? What's, what's your game? What's your go? What's your business plan? What's your business yeah. model? And he said, Mark, it's pretty simple. He said, I, I come from the West. I've got nothing going on for me. He said, so I build an audience, Shuey. He yep. said, it's my brand. Yeah. And I'll go out and get bashed and I'll put my best. Yep, that's you. Mm-hmm. And he said, but then I build a product. Yeah. My product is Drink West yep. and other things that he's doing. And then you can live off the back of it. And it's about using that. Absolutely. To get somewhere. I'm prepared to put up with the shit and put my body through what I put up with. To get that. To get to a product. In other Absolutely. words, I'm commercializing you, yourself. Shit yeah, yeah. That I put up with. Absolutely. Is that Ned Brockman's model? It will, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's your model. There's ideas, it's already happening, but it's. Again, you want to stay relevant to make sure that yep. it can go and bam, bam, staying relevant is taking another fight. Totally. Um, and me staying relevant will probably be taking up another, another event. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And it's 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 almost foolproof. It's like people love to buy into the hype. And yeah, totally. And they want that. And all of a sudden Drink West has got bam, bam, Tyson and um, Nathan Cleary who yep. will always be relevant. He plays every week. It's like they're going to have this constant people and then once you have a good product. Yeah. See you later. You know, you've done, you've gone incredibly well. So the, the, these are the basics of business, building an audience and commercializing it. Hmm. it yeah. You've you got to commercialize it. Otherwise. And how good are those, um, the better beer boys, the inspired unemployed? Oh, Haven't they mate. just, yeah, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Of course. And it's, you'd be silly not to. And that's a good. They're another good example, by the way. Yeah. Like they're doing the same thing. They're doing silly shit. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're crazy. And shit, people but, love it. And everyone loves it. Yeah. And then they go and sell the bit of better beer. Absolutely. And, that, and then I've had them out here. I'm, and, and by the way, I'm happy to promote it because it's cool. I love it. Yeah. yeah. These are great business experiences because you're only 23. Yeah. You fucking set a great platform up. Absolutely. And at the same time, you can help. Homelessness. Absolutely. And 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 that's right. It's like you'd be silly not to utilize off the back of it. Totally. But uh, it enables me to be able to continue to do the homelessness thing, but as well as inspire and motivate people. Every I'm constantly there in the back of your, you know, whatever it is that we decide to make or do. It's I'm always there. And I it's like, oh fuck, Ned is that person that got me up or got me to do my first marathon or got me to do this. It's it all intertwines. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking cool. It's it, well, so that's why you're so sort of happy and hyped up because a lot of people say, "Why the fuck would he do that to mm. his body?" Um, you, know, you put yourself through a lot of shit, but I I get it. Mm. I thought, like I, I know, I've never done that, but I but I've sort of put myself through some weird shit mm. in business. Yeah, and, uh, but I do it because I'm trying to build platforms. Yeah. And I'm and people say, well, you know, just give it away. But staying relevant is really important. It keeps you alive. Yeah, absolutely. It keeps your fucking brain going. And it's that it's that hunger as well to do keep going. Like I don't I'm not gonna rest on my laurels of 
oh, I've just run across the country. Great, I'll make a quick cash here, a bit of this. You know what I mean? It's like, no, no, Go I'm going to continue. Yeah, it's it just doesn't make sense. Like you would not be doing yourself justice or you'd be doing a disservice to what you've already achieved. And, yeah, I think it's just, it's massive. You know you're famous, okay? You're right, you're famous. Okay, so Ned Brockman's famous. Um, is it, has it affected uh, personal life? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, much more than I'd like to admit. I Even going to Woolies, it's like I've got to put the hoodie on. I mean, yeah. like I'm much more recognisable from the back than the front. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't know. It's it's it's. I can't do what I want to do without it, so I can't be shitty about being known. Yeah, so you can't be a narc about it. No, absolutely not. So when someone puts a hand, it's, hey, I want to say, well, you have to I think the it. hardest thing is that I haven't clocked the person here. Hey, can I get a photo? It's like. Hold up. The, what you want to do is say, like, yeah, what they are actually trying to go is, I want to get you up. This is the last time I'm going to see you, so I better get a photo so I can put it on my fucking Instagram or whatever. Yeah. Go up and say hello. Well done. Like, you you obviously clearly were moved by it. Say congratulations, amazing, whatever, and then ask. Like, you know what I mean? I think people miss that. Like, well, I'm still human. Pro- yeah, but what's your performer though? Like, I mean, do you go, do you think, do you, do you make that, because you're only young, do you make that judgment or you just say, fuck it up? Yeah, no worries. I've, have been days since that I've gone not today mate no photos today yeah <laughs> which is cool it's like oh, they're like oh, what and um but a lot of the time like yeah sure mate no worries yeah yeah because it's your audience yeah absolutely and if you do shut them off they're like oh he's a flog yeah this folks yeah. are oh you know he's a cocky prick he doesn't want to get a photo but it won't make any by the way that that one individual won't make any difference and they probably don't have the ability to influence too many people yeah but it's but for me I mean I sometimes we go through the same thing but I mean I just say oh fuck it that poor bastard wants a photo of that. yeah yeah, yeah. I, oh mate I don't give a fuck 99% know? of the time it's like it's just yeah absolutely photograph, you know like I, absolutely and, and, but that's a hard thing to deal with you, it took me a while to get met around it I'm, I was an arc I was like oh, fuck off I'm, yeah mate leave me alone I'm but also like if you if in the other way you, you're not gonna you know someone on the street who doesn't isn't known imagine going up to him going G'day, mate, how you going? Can I have a photo? <laughs> They'd be like, what the fuck is yeah. that? You know what I mean? Like they're, they're taken back, but you or I or whoever has to go, this is going to happen. So you expect it when you walk down the street now. When you go walk the dog, you're expecting that someone potentially is going to know you. So you're not side swipe by it. You're not yeah, like, yeah. oh, God. It's like, oh, that's right. Everyone knows me. I've how done do you feel this. about being on show all the time then? Uh, give you a fuck up. Yeah. it's Bang. I know. And then it's another. For me, it's like because I'm not bullshitting because I've never ever done this for any other reason than what I've done, wanted to do it for it's all good you because I can be authentic self. I can be myself there's no uh, there's no trying to keep up a like a face of something it's like you run across the country to inspire and motivate to see what you can do and to raise money that's it keep it simple it's that simple and it's like you probably can't ask me any question that's going to stump me you know what I mean? Like you'll ask me questions I might not know the answer to, but nothing that's going to put me in hot water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna wrong foot you, nah. so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what about personal? Yeah, it's good. She, Gem, on the run. Um, we had a bit of our. It was very intense out there, especially even with my parents. You know, I've never lived with anyone that intently for 47 days, let alone people who I. You know what I mean? So there was a day there where it was probably day 15 post injury. I um just was. Fucking at everyone. I was like, you, you know, fucking. Yeah, turn into an absolute cunt. Yeah. Like that's, that's more than that. More than that. And I told Gemma, my girlfriend, to fuck off. She gave me a weird look or something. I thought, you know what? I'm gonna tell her to fuck off. This would be great. I was in some pain. Like I was I was down, down and out. And then she just goes, oh, I'm I'm leaving. This is fucked. Drove 20k up to where mum and dad were in the van. Obviously, t- she told mum, mum hops out of the van. And you know when mum's like, <laughs> like mum, mum is tough. She's the she's got the balls in the in the family. Um, and she just don't you ever fucking speak to your girlfriend like that again, and don't ever speak to us like that. I went, yep, no worries. And then I was like, I'm fucking glad Australia is very vast because they'd be out in a plane right now on yeah. their way to fucking Bondi, and they wouldn't, they'd not be on my own. So I quickly realised that oh no, fuck, they're here for me. It's not about it's not about me. They're here for me. They're here to help me. You have to reward you know you have to be like okay take out your shit on the road or the road train or the fucking dead animals do what you got to do but don't take it out on them because they are actually here all six of these people are here to help you and that was pretty pretty wild so after that all the relationships were rock solid they were they, um, we, we probably needed that to be honest yeah because prior to that i was probably being a bit testing the waters testing the waters um but yeah Gemma and i are stronger than ever which is nice it's um and it's a pretty cool life experience to go through together. Oh, like very few relationships would be able to and to last. Say that yeah, being able to do that. And you know, I've got to experience that with my mum and dad, which was fucking incredible. Like 
you know, we've, I've ventured off and doing my own thing now, but being able to bring them back and spend 47 days together like that was pretty cool. And see my dad every day, just, you know, the pride in both of them is, is pretty cool. Well, if there was just one thing about you learn about yourself. Um, I think the only thing that's tapping in my head right now is that you, you we we put limits on ourselves. Like I think I've limited limitations. So like, I think we assume we're not capable of something, but we're so much more capable. I think like, our minds make us tell us we're not able to do whatever it is. Um, but I, I think we are like as humans probably quite, a lot more soft than what we used to be. And I think we're much more capable of doing things, whether that's, you know, in business or whatever. It's like, I think we have so much more potential than what we actually know. That's just really interesting because we're sort of, to be frank with you, I'm not just thinking about aloud in my mind when you were saying that to me. I was thinking that as you get older, in particular in my case, we're conditioned by everything we read, see, watch, hear, what mm-hmm. we learn, observe as kids, that, you are less capable as you get older too. Yeah. And that you've got to actually fight against that. Yeah, and strength training or do this or yeah, make do, sure you do, – Do something against mm-hmm. it. Be proactive. And push against mm. the norm. Yeah. And that if you want something – if you want something that's different to the norm. Yeah, absolutely. So choose something that's different to the norm. Yeah. A normal life. Yeah. And push against what the expectations are that you would ordinarily have to do, which is sort of what you've done. Yeah. I, I just think like exactly that you you've told you know, that's not possible. Oh no, no one, you know, I've spoken to four health professionals. They say you can't do this. And I go, well, fuck them. They don't know that. That's their limit. They've put their own limit on you. That's, that's the fucking, for me, I'm like, we're so much more capable. And once you start doing those sort of things, you're like, fuck, where is the limit for us? For someone who's never run before or someone who's never done this before. Like where is these, where does it stop? But I haven't found it yet. Yeah, for me, it's like I want, I'm going to lift to 100. I don't give a fuck what the yeah. stats say. Did you go to exactly. 182? Get fucked. I'm going yeah, to yeah. 100. Yeah, and, and I'll be switched on at 100. And I'm going to do be... what it takes to get there. Yeah, 100%. Do something about it. Mm. Yeah, Brockman, thanks for inspiring me, mate. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for the best. Thank you for listening to another episode of Straight Talk with Mark Boris. Audio production by Jessica Smalley. Production assistants, Jonathan Leondis and Simon McDermott. This is a Mentored Podcast. Podcast.